Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. A degenerate Friday edition of the program, and I guess the appropriate song would be, Where Do We Go From Here? <laughs> we can't try to figure out if the Lions are worth three and a half against the Green Bay Packers on the road. No trying to determine the uh, final margin of victory of the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. No overs, no unders, no more NFL. College football has been on the shelf now for some time, ever since that Michigan victory in the national championship game, which buried a lot of people. Never get caught up in the sentiment of what everybody else is thinking. Uh, and, uh, you know, it happens, right? This is like the whole Peyton Manning-Ryan Leaf debate all over again. That's what transpired national championship game. There was every reason to believe that Michigan was the team, even when they were pounding Rutgers mm. and playing a schedule that, that was so inept that you would have thought the Washington Generals were going to be their next opponent. <laughs> and what was the common narrative, Louie? Well, they haven't played anybody. Then they played Penn State. Playing Penn State in the big game of the year really is tantamount to doing nothing. It's like kissing your sister, isn't it? I mean, uh, come on. There's not a whole lot of buzz to that, right? Because we know that Penn State is going down. Yep. We know that Penn State is not that good, no matter what uh, people are telling you during the course of the regular season, that their coach, Franklin, is going to find a way to choke. <laughs> <laughs> He's on our all Heimlich maneuver team. I, yeah. I don't know that that's fair. Is that fair? Does yes. he really have the goods no. to be considered in that category? When you really look at the Penn State roster, uh, they're right back to the old days where they had a nondescript quarterback and uh, maybe a couple of linebackers uh, that uh, were going to remind you of Jack Lambert or something. But uh, other than that, they really didn't have a whole hell of a lot, right? They were going to be a plodding running team and not very exciting. They've never been an explosive offensive team. No. And uh, with apologies to our good friend, OJ McDuffie. But nonetheless, I mean, is that that much of a distinction if you beat Penn State on your way to a national championship? It should, that's the funny thing is Penn State was one of those big jobs. Penn State, when it comes to a financial standpoint, if you look every year, uh, most athletic departments are in – like are at a negative Penn State's one of those rare ones that makes a lot of money. Like Penn State does really well and they actually care a lot about football. Yeah. Uh, so it's the kind of job. And again, it is a football hungry area that is pretty decent. Cause there's nothing else to do. There. Exactly. I mean, what are we talking about? Pretty decent in recruiting. So no, Penn State should be uh, a team that puts together a look what Ohio State does. Penn State should be able to do. That's the thing. Franklin's gotten them to a nice place. Miami fans would be happy to have their school there. But they can't get over the hump. So, yes, that is on Franklin. And I think your your uh, criticism is real. And I think they are a sort of a ho-hum victory at this point because when it comes to the big games, Franklin's going to let you down. Exactly. They, they don't measure up. Uh, the game against Ohio State, a little bit more of a measuring stick, a bit more of a barometer. But uh, outside of that, there were very few challenges, uh, except that Michigan uh, looked like they were going to lay an egg. They were flatter than a Parisian runway model in that game against Maryland. But but nonetheless, uh, the narrative then started to turn to, oh, my God, you you bought into this, Luby. You were selling this all college football season last year. For all of our sick, degenerate friends out there, you were trying to tell them that the Pac-12 was the most explosive and the best and well-rounded conference that uh, yes. was on the planet uh, last year. And that Washington coming out of the Pac-12, the final days, the final days, was going to be a juggernaut. And everybody was jumping on the Washington bandwagon. And guess what? Turned out that uh, everybody was dead wrong. In uh, the case of uh, the most recently concluded Super Bowl, uh, suddenly uh, San Francisco was going to snap out of this coma they'd been in in the first couple of games of the playoffs. 
this is the thing that the gamblers are fueled. And I am the just absolute living example of this, largely fueled by self-sabotage. Keep mm -hmm. that in mind, fueled mm -hmm. by self-sabotage. So you would think that people would want to take a break from all of this after the football season. There used to be one last bailout attempt, and that was the Pro Bowl. I remember listening to uh, an overnight radio show. I used to drive to work at about 5 in the morning when I was doing morning drive radio. You were doing this also. I don't know if you were listening to the radio because it would tend to infuriate you on your way to work. Not you were sports. About, yeah, you'd listen yeah, to getting sports ready to do a radio show. To get frustrated. <laughs> right? You'd listen to some other guy's show and you say, what a bunch of shit this is. I could do better than that. And then you realize, okay, you got to get up there and do it now, kid. Every day, 6 to 10 a.m., people calling in right away. Hey, Default, what do you think about this? N not that I mind it. I mean, um, let's face it. I never really worked a day in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I may not have to because uh, I was looking at my horoscope today. And very, very pertinent. Are, are you, uh, an, you know, astrology? No, I think it's all ludicrous. My wife is a huge fan of it. My wife, I know you just do it in passing and sort of use it with gambling. Uh, my wife believes in her heartily. We'll go to like... Uh, she doesn't call the numbers or anything like that, but she has sat with people who read her colors and psychics. Oh, really? Uh, no, that's always a She doesn't scary, lose right? her mind on what they say, but she will believe it and go, oh, that's so great. I'm like, I don't give a shit what happens. Best scam in the world is, uh, especially around Jackson Square in New Orleans, <laughs> they have all these palm yes. readers and tarot card readers <laughs> and all these gypsies that are out there. And uh, essentially, these are homeless people. Uh, well, no, they all drive off in Mercedes because of the way that they operate. And my wife is a big fan of that also. So she'll have like some, I, I don't want anybody reading my palm or any of this kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I don't need it. I already know that I'm doomed. Fueled by self-sabotage. <laughs> That's the uh, theme of the show. But, uh, and, and the best part is at the end, there's no like, you know, $10 to, to listen to this gypsy, give you a bunch of shit. It's always, uh, well, how much do I owe you? After they tell you a bunch of flowery things and very promising things, and uh, very seldom is it laced with gloom and doom. And the gypsy looks at you in all sincerity and says, whatever you think it's worth. Yeah, I get the hot air. Say, well, I thought it was worthless, man. Let's go, sweetheart. And then, you know, you, you feel bad. They, they, you, know, you hand a woman a, a 10 or a 20, and uh, they look at you with that pathetic look, like like a waiter that just got stiffed on a bad tip. Right? See, that, I hate that. I hate when they're like, $500 check. whatever you think it's worth. It's like... It's yeah, five. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think it was worth shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> but I'm hoping this is worth something because I uh, do see tendencies uh, in my uh, astrological sign, and I, I believe there are some uh, merits to uh, the whole uh, idea, even though it seems like a bunch of cockamamie stuff. Uh, but here you go, Luby, and this is very appropriate for today. Uh, your future is a lot brighter than you seem to think. <laughs> okay. So stop worrying <laughs> okay. and start doing the little things that in time will build up to something big. What are we doing here on uh, Caffeine TV? We're doing the little things that we think will build up to something big. Thank you, Joe Manuel, and uh, all of the people connected with it, the lovely Leslie, for giving us this opportunity because it's going to be big. You won't lack for money making ideas today, but you can turn them into realities. There you go. All right? So there's a possibility there. And, and that's what we're talking about here on the show. It kind of inspired the entire program because what are you going to bet on now? Now that the football season is over, you sickos, you wackos, <laughs> you people that have the shakes right now that are gargling with uh, some kind of delaunted concoction so that you can get through the offseason in professional football. Maybe you're betting on who's going to get drafted first, but that seems to be pretty apparent, isn't it? 
Chicago Bears, do they take uh, Caleb Williams and get rid of Justin Fields? Is Fields going to be lining up for the Pittsburgh Steelers? These are all things you could probably make a wager on right now. But uh, last night, I I was hit with a prop bet by our good friend Jim Sarney, uh, former uh, uh, sports writer for the Sun Sentinel here in South Florida, and now with his own big column there, the Sarney Scrolls Sports Illustrated, one of their outlets. Uh, Do they still have outlets? How how do you have outlets if you don't have a main I was going to say, did they end Sports Illustrated or did they just fire so many people that people in the industry are saying Sports Illustrated was ended? Because I think Sports Uh, Illustrated still exists. People are just pissed. The gig was up, though. Uh, They still have the swimsuit issue. I I know that. And uh, I think the gig was up when we found out that many of their articles were being generated by artificial intelligence. That's the thing. Yeah, they were making fake articles. Yep. Uh, only, uh, you know, uh, Ron Lipsight, man. I mean, what are we talking about here? Uh, <laughs> you have to figure Frank DeFord is rolling over in his grave. Can't write any more of those stories about crippled children and how they made it to the Little League fields. Uh, unbelievable uh, that they'd be uh, driven by artificial intelligence. Who needs that? Mm. So you could bet uh, last night on Caitlin Clark, how she was going to make the record-eclipsing uh, basket. And I thought, wow, if you really have balls, Luby, she only needed seven points against Michigan, the Iowa star, Caitlin Clark. And uh, this woman uh, is a legitimate basketball player, I I would have to say. I mean, I know you're not a big fan of women's college basketball, and I'm I'm not really uh, inclined if I see a WNBA game. I'll watch a few minutes of it, but uh, I'm not really somebody that's going to, you know, sit there and zero in on uh, whether or not the Aces are going to repeat as champions. I don't know. I mean, uh, there are a couple of players that I like in the NBA, uh, WNBA, that uh, came out of college basketball. Diana Taurasi at 50 years old. Is there a better ball player than <laughs> this woman? Is she still in? Oh, she's still in. Sue Bird was in uh, the WNBA for 30 years. <laughs> it was like the geezers at Caesars, the uh, WNBA. <laughs> it's incredible. But uh, they have a few players. I, I don't know. It was mostly uh, the guard play of uh, a woman that looks like she uh, actually uh, has all of the fundamental tools and you know, can execute them uh, at a very high level. And I would have to say Caitlin Clark is in that category, no? Or is she just a flat-out chucker? Uh, what's the, uh, From what uh, I see, I Clark? honestly, the great players, I usually watch a little of them. Yeah. Like Tarasi, I watched a lot because she reminded me. And again, our friend, you brought up Sarney, likes to say men's and women's basketball are just two different sports. Look at it from that way. No. They're yes, the same they sport that are played two different ways. It's the same fucking yeah. sport. And that's my problem with it is when I watch the men, I watch the women, it looks very different. Tarasi, and this is a compliment, but I guess it's sexist, looked like a dude. <laughs> like the way she played basketball. She played the game like a guy. Looked would. like a guy. She was smooth. Yeah. It. She had finesse. She the footwork. Had, she played basketball. And, you, and again, this was an argument people would have. It was like, how good of a guy could she beat? It was like it felt like she could play some NBA dudes and, and play. You with you wouldn't them. want to go out there for money and be embarrassed by Diana Taurasi, no matter how good of a basketball player you thought you were uh, on a recreational or even. Yeah, I played some college ball. Yeah, right. Now you can look all this shit up. Well, and so the there thing are a lot is, of liars out there. And that was my yeah, exactly. And but and that look, Brittany Griner was another one. She played inside the post. She had a nice post game. She would dunk the ball. But she was eight feet tall. She yeah. was tall, but okay, dudes are tall. So like she again, I could watch her because it was like. Well, She's was she the female different. equivalent of the Plumleys? No, she was legit. No, she was <laughs> but like just an because Akeem. she was a woman, she looked like no, Will Chamberlain. She was. She had good footwork. No, no, she was really good, and she's good in the pros. Yeah. Like uh, outside of whatever her political insanity was. Well, I um, mean, that was an unfortunate circumstance. I mean, you talk about a bad bust. It was hardly Midnight Express there, where uh, you know she's got one vapor uh, cartridge and she's going through the airport, and all of a sudden they nail her and they decide to throw her in uh, Siberia. Incredible. She's eating like grass out of a straw. I mean, uh, that was that was a rough, uh, you know, 
go. I mean, is Navalny on that note? I mean, just checked out in prison. This guy, I mean, his fate uh, was sealed when he came back to Russia. I don't know why the guy made the move to come back to Russia. As soon as uh, he got off the plane, it took him to, you know, some outpost uh, in uh, the middle of uh, some frozen tundra. And that was it. Never to be heard from again. That, that was another one of those things, like, like uh, the, the uselessness of a hunger strike, where you go on a hunger strike. Who, who the fuck cares? The, the people that have you incarcerated, they don't care. So don't That's eat. the thing. He's trying to make a stand, and there's nothing wrong yeah. with it. But he had a family. When you know you're going to die, like, what stand are you making? I, I don't know, but I'm not going to question him. But anyways, Family loves him. Like the, women I, the women I have watched over the years, Cheryl Swoops. How do we get from Tarasi to... I don't know how you did that. I brought a Griner, <laughs> and I knew you were going to go there, and I was trying to not go there. Um, oh, Griner. But, like, yeah. and then again, it's sexist. I'm, not, I'm owning it. I, Look, I don't know that it is sexist, Louie. I think it's just reality. Okay. I, I Look really like do. men. I haven't been able to... I didn't get... I wasn't able to get into Plumley. Or whatever her name is, Plum, the Plum, the one that she Kelsey was compared Plum. to. Yes, and I she, wasn't. She, she's actually entertaining to watch when she's. I I didn't get into her and Clark. I, I've seen clips, and I know you at least brought her up. I don't know the way that she plays. It doesn't look like the ones I'm describing. It looks like the rest of them. She just shoots it far away and can make it. So maybe I'm wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. I haven't watched yeah. her at all. Like I haven't taken her action in at all. Well, and action was the key there because uh, the only reason to watch that game was to uh, make a wager as to how the final, uh, you know, the, the record-eclipsing shot would be accomplished. Oh, okay. And I think the three ball, which he did make, uh, like a long three-pointer, like a 30-footer, it was a you know, pretty <laughs> swift shot. And uh, I, I think that was the lowest odds. You, oh, you, you might have even had to lay a price that she was going to do it with a three-pointer, which is fairly typical of what she did. But uh, that, these are the kind of things that you're relegated to betting on right now. You're, you're really going to have to get creative, people, because <laughs> the NFL is king of all wagering. Without question, there's a reason that the game has become America's pastime. It's because it's the best game to bet, Yeah, isn't it? NBA, how can you count on the NBA? Look what happened last night. The Milwaukee Bucks losing on the road to the Memphis Grizzlies. Losing to fall to three and seven under the great Doc Rivers. Now, that was a wager. Remember what we had proposed to everybody? Uh, would you be willing to bet that Doc Rivers doesn't make it out of the second round with the Milwaukee Bucks? I yes. would imagine those odds have been diminished greatly <laughs> because it doesn't look like he's even going to make the postseason with the Milwaukee Bucks. You couldn't bury a franchise any more successfully than Doc Rivers has to start his tenure. And they're shrugging it off, Luby. This is when you have to worry about people. But when they're looking at reality, I mean, look what's going on in the political scene. You got a guy that appears to be, I mean, never mind that Joe Biden is senile. Okay, we accept that. Okay, we know that. <laughs> I don't care if he's wearing a diaper in the in the White House, in the Oval Office. It's all right. As long as the guy, and I don't even care if he was getting millions of dollars from the Ukraine. At least he's not he's evil. Not. At least he's not demented. At least exactly. he's not in the situation where he's telling you, yeah, I'm going to tell Putin to bomb everybody. What a nutbag. <laughs> That's my thing. Like, it's not like Trump isn't senile. Like, yeah. Joe Biden flumps You wish he words. had diminished capacities. Trump, like, Biden flumps words, but then we'll do a whole speech, and you can understand what he's saying. And Somewhat. He, at least when I watch him. And I, I'm like, I actually, I'm like, good for him, whatever. Trump does a speech, and the entire speech is incoherent. Like, it's just him yelling yeah. about things. He'll literally claim he did things that were done years before he was even running for office. And it's like... Why is that not more senile? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I do dig the subtitles under the Biden speeches, though. It's like watching a foreign movie back in the day where oh, I said, I, really, I don't know if I really have the patience to just read every line like that. <laughs> or, you know, when they were superimposing uh, subtitles, uh, they would have like a feature on Triple G or something, and you couldn't understand a word the guy was saying at the time. 
And so, you know, they had to put subtitles. Manny Pacquiao was that way. Yes, 100%. Pacquiao, I don't we, know what We have that clip saying. from Manny Pacquiao. I don't know if we can bring it off here on the program, but uh, if anybody can determine what the hell Manny Pacquiao was talking about. <laughs> and this was a case where I was sandbagged by the uh, publicity department. They were desperate. Pacquiao wasn't nearly as popular as he eventually became. He, he was just kind of establishing himself as an international star, and I think he was fighting some stiff. And uh, I had done a lot of work with the uh, PR people there uh, that were trying to promote these uh, HBO pay-per-view fights with Manny Pacquiao. And this one was an especially tough sell. So the PR people, uh, you know, I had taken advantage of a lot of uh, freebie opportunities from these guys who had uh, been sending us out to Las Vegas during the time that uh, Tyson was incarcerated, uh, had established a relationship. And uh, they were sending people out for these radio rows for all of these uh, Manny Pacquiao fights. And they begged me, Luby. They begged me to do a radio interview. They said, uh, hey, listen, this guy speaks perfect English. So I think I asked uh, Pacquiao some innocuous question about uh, who he was fighting, and he came up with this. Uh, I never I, 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 never expected in that fight in, against uh, Mark Anthony Barrera, but, you know, I really do have an opponent. I don't know what his name, but uh, his, his opponent is, uh, he have a, I think, injured on his hand, so... And I thought, wow, you're going to fight the vice president? Isn't this guy... <laughs> Didn't he say Dick Cheney was going to be the opponent? Incredible. <laughs> I think it took Pacquiao at a price uh, in that fight. I, I don't know. You must have been getting like really prohibitive odds of oh taking God. Pacquiao over Dick Cheney, the former vice president, who uh, I guess he checked out a while ago, too, right? Uh, Dick passed. Cheney, no longer with us. I think he's passed. I don't, I don't, he would have been better off if he was fighting Don Cheney. Yeah, actually. But uh, where do we go? I mean, uh, let, let's uh, let's uh, try to get something uh, you know definitive out of this segment here. Where do we go to wager? Are you going to wager on baseball? Well, we talked about that. We have uh, inside information that the Marlins are going to go under the season total this year. And I would be willing to uh, make a strong wager on that. I don't care that Skip Schumacher was the manager of the year last year. Seems like a great guy. He got yeah. a lot of mileage out of a team that uh, actually did eventually have a little bit of firepower and just enough pitching to get them through into the postseason where they were swept in Got two demolished. games by the Philadelphia <laughs> yeah. Phillies in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, not that that's any disgrace. The, the Phillies were a very good postseason team the last couple of years and uh, have plenty of ammunition themselves. But uh, And had enough starting pitching, especially in a two-game playoff, two out of three playoff situation. They, they were going to beat the Marlins one way or another. The Marlins have been kind of falling apart a little bit. But uh, 78 is the number now. Might be 78 and a hook. I would shop around. See if you could even get 79. And then whoosh, under. That one I, I have a lot of confidence in. But how, how much money is going to go up in smoke uh, on people just chasing a bet because they need to get that feeling? It's like crack cocaine. They just have to have a wager on something. Uh, I would imagine a lot of money already went up in smoke on Tiger Woods to win the Genesis. You're getting 150 to 1 on Tiger Woods. That's tempting, isn't it? No. Nah, not for me. It yeah. wasn't at all. My dad literally called me. Last night, out of nowhere, and he's like, why? I'm like, why what, Dad? He's like, why is Tiger still playing? He shot a 72. I'm like, it's his course? I don't know. I'm like, Jack was playing into his 70s. I think that's pretty 70s. good, actually. <laughs> right? Did you see that thing? Riviera Country Club? My God, you're hitting the ball like, like uh, over the Pacific Palisades. Incredible, just to get to a par three. No, he's not uh, winning tournaments. I, I didn't think that was terrible. You know, I, I, I like the Tigers in the game. I mean, the anticipation that he's going to win, I, I think, maybe a little bit overblown. Uh, but I, I guarantee you this, that with the people that are out there and all of these phone apps and different uh, – Kevin Hart will be recommending to you that you go ahead and uh, lay a couple of bucks on Tiger Woods to win the Masters. 
right now. Oh, for sure. Even after the 72, which uh, 72 would not normally be anything that you would consider to be disgraceful. Uh, the leader of the tournament, though, is uh, Patrick Cantlay, and he's uh, seven under par, and there are like 100 guys in between that and the plus one, the Tiger, he bogeyed the final hole. But um, all in all, I mean, considering he hadn't played uh, competitive golf at that level for a while, uh, yeah, you would have to say uh, it's fairly remarkable. It shows you uh, what a brilliant player he really was. The, the real story there on the comeback, though, uh, Tiger was coming back from ankle surgery, was this guy Gary Woodland, who came back from a brain operation. Oh, he had a brain tumor. And uh, he was out there, and I think he shot one under. So uh, he was in Tiger's group, which is the only reason that we even know he was in the tournament, because if Tiger goes into uh, one of those little portisans and passes gas, there's somebody <laughs> in there analyzing, right? Uh, You've got uh, Dottie Pepper in there. Yeah, yeah, it really stinks in here. Uh, <laughs> back to you, Jim. And, uh, you know, they throw it back to Jim Nance on the set. All right, so so what do you think? What's going to be the most common wager? Is it going to be baseball? Is it going to be uh, NBA, NBA playoffs? I guess we still have that. Yeah, Can NBA. you take a shot on the Cavaliers, as we recommended uh, maybe a month or so ago, when it didn't look like it was even remotely feasible that they would be championship contenders? And the number two the seed. Cleveland Cavaliers. The two seeds in the East is falling apart. <laughs> normally by now, now uh, people are are less inclined, I, I would imagine, to bet hockey. But the the astute hockey fans, your Panthers, uh, have, I, I think would have a, a very uh, distinct edge over everybody else. And uh, our local team now is the best team in the Eastern Conference. They look great. They, yeah. they it's it. I haven't watched them at all, and I get it. Buffalo sucks. But yeah. they play plenty of bad teams, and they play the good and the bad the same way. That's why they were able as an eight seed to go to the cup because they play everyone the same <laughs> but not this year their offense is freaking great. great i mean they're, they're on the precipice of breaking a long time long standing nhl record they've won 10 straight on the road the record is 12. when it's not like the offense two years ago remember they led the league in scoring but then in the playoffs it was like a sun's offense right where they scored a lot but they couldn't do it to the other end no no they play defense. This goalie's yeah. a friggin' monster, and they were aggressive and physical as shit. Like, one end, they're not letting you score on the other end. They're just passing it around like it's freaking the Globetrotters. I'm like, where did this come from? I'm like, this team looks really freaking good. Like, uh, probably the worst team that you, thing that you could be in the NHL is be known as a finesse team. That's the thing, honestly. Which, uh, they were kind of a finesse team all throughout their history. Yep. And all of a sudden, they, they got Kachuk, and uh, now they're just pounding the shit out of people. Yep. Uh, they didn't even play a particularly good uh, game last night to get their 10th win on the road. So uh, watch out, people. A team that's normally mathematically eliminated by now <laughs> is distinguishing itself as uh, not being a fluke to have made it all the way to the NBA final, uh, NHL final round last year. So pretty good stuff. All right. Uh, so good luck, everybody. Find, find a venue to waste your money on <laughs> and, and, and tread lightly until you get to the football season when you can bet again with confidence. Even though, I don't know, does anybody make money? I, I used to like having that outlet, the, the final get-out possibility on the Pro Bowl. I mentioned I, I, one of my favorite phone calls I ever heard. I'm driving to work, and uh, I hear a guy on an overnight show, and he used to have this gambling confessional once in a while, like once a month. And a guy calls in, and he sounds like he's totally strung out. I mean, uh, Kurt Cobain was probably in better shape that night than this guy was, and he says... It was Pro Bowl Sunday, and I was stuck a half a million dollars. No, no. Oh, no. And he was unloading on a Pro Bowl. Imagine that. You're betting on a Pro Bowl now. Now you're betting on a dodgeball game. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you know you need professional help. 
right. Uh, we hope we've uh, been helpful to you here, uh, all throughout the week. And, of course, uh, we'll crank it up again on Monday. Yeah, that'll be our Peel Yourself Off the Mat Monday edition of the Morning Briefing. For Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in here. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup, all you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining, while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.